Democracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, improvement vector candidacy interviews, innovative revenue tools, and outstanding improvements. This meeting is now in session. Hey. Well, good good afternoon. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing just great. It's yeah. been it's been a it's been a heck of a week since our last meeting. Has it? Yes. How so? Uh I forget. Drat. <laughs> I was hoping for a good story. There, I have I have no good stories, unfortunately. That's okay. Yes. Uh, although I did meet somebody who listened to our meetings. No, yeah. I don't believe it. I refuse to believe it. it. No, it was, it was true. It was true. She said she recognized my voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Your dulcet tones. My dulcet tones. Yeah. Because I and I and I, it's funny because I walked up to her and I said, "Hello, how are you doing?" And she said, "Hey, I recognize your voice." And I said, wow. "Oh, you liar." You walked up to her and said, from bureaucracy's basement to your ears. That's right. I've noticed you've been greeting people like that. From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is me. <laughs> In, uh, right, let's take attendance. Let's do that. Okay, uh, first up tonight, uh, Cheetah Punel. I don't see any Cheetah Punel. Che- Cheetah Punel? No, she unless was, it's a friend of our Jaguars. No, no, Cheetah Punel, uh, she was a dancer. She was famous back in the 50s. She invented the Lalo Lalo dance. Oh, yeah. wow. I- interestingly enough, there are rumors she was having an affair for years with Xavier Couillat. But it turns out other rumors say that actually it just might have been Xavier Couillat in drag. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I don't know either of these people. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, that's probably why Charo divorced uh, Couillat. Oh. Yeah, anyway. Um, but you know, now that I look at, uh, at the name Cheetah Punel, uh-huh. and this is uh, quite the coincidence, I, if you, if you change the letters around, you get Paul Deshane. Do you really? Yeah. That's amazing, because that's me. Oh, so you're here. That's great. Yeah, I'm that's, totally here. That's a great start to the meeting. Perfect. Uh, next, uh, do we have, um, Nano Diagram? No, we have no nano diagram here. Are you sure it's? We, prob- we don't even have any nano diagrams. Oh, okay. Or at least, would be- although if we had some, we probably couldn't see them. Yes, I was going to say eye. you have to look closely. <laughs> yeah, very tiny illustration. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, hold on. Oh no! You know what? You know what I think? Did I think it happen I, again? I'm, I'm not sure what you're referring to, but uh, I do believe I mixed up the letters. Should read. What are the odds that that would happen twice Aiden, in one meeting? Aiden Morgan. Yeah, that's you. Yes. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, oh, totally. Nice. Is. Okay, so yeah. we're both here. Yeah, I can, I can, I can attest to that. Excellent. Yeah. So, any anything, any any business to clear up? Any last minute? Uh, yeah, last sadly meetings? there is. There's yes. um, some business arising from the last meeting. Um, yeah, I, I have to make a correction. Uh, last at the last meeting, I talked about a press release announcing that there uh, could be some traffic snarl-ups on the highway, uh, the on the east side of town, mm-hmm. coming into town because of uh, construction work on the Regina Bypass. Um, and I said that it was, uh, you know, my brain got ahead of my mouth and. I I didn't stop to think for a second. You know how I do that. And uh, I said that it was a press release from the city, but it was not. Oh. It was from the uh, the company that is building the uh, Regina Bypass. It's wow. the Regina Bypass Company. I don't know their name. Um, the re- we'll just call them the Regina Bypass sure, Company. Sure, sure. Yeah. That would be closer to the truth. So, yes, it was not <laughs> the city who uh, sent out that press release. My apologies. And I should also... Uh, welcome to the listening public. You may have noticed that gigantic uh, cord 
that uh, is coming down into the uh, sub basement now. Oh that's yes, hooked up to the uh, the panel. Um, yes, the uh, the communications department apparently is now listening to the show. Oh, great. So we'd like to welcome all of uh, the City of Regina Communications Department to our listening audience. Nice. Maybe maybe we can get the department down like to the to the basement sometime for an interview. That would be fantastic. We know. could communicate with them. It's communications people are not big on communicating. I just got to warn you on that. Really? Yeah, it's sometimes in you, their name. I know, but you know, it's what's in a name. In fact, if you come too close to them, sometimes they uh like they're They still smell so sweet. They still smell so sweet, yeah. but they're like but their forelimbs sometimes lash out. It's oh. it's a reflex. Okay, yeah, fair so enough. Don't, don't worry about fair it. enough. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so what do we have next on the agenda? I noticed we have somebody else down here with us. We, we do. Also, I should mention the, oh. the lawsuits from last week's uh, driver hypnosis thing that you did are oh. piling up. Oh, no. Massive amount of wrongful death lawsuits. I warned people. I, I said we were not re- we were not responsible. Oh, yeah. No, no. The lawsuits will all get to- tossed out of court. I Good. mean, obviously. Good. Because I don't have a great lawyer, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I believe I'm your lawyer. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I didn't want to say. Um, yeah, so who's this with us? Well, it looks it looks a lot like looks Sean Fraser. kind of familiar from, yeah. like, City Council. Hello. Hi. Uh, is this Sean, the Sean Fraser? It's Counselor? A, it's a Sean Fraser. There's a, Sean, a few of us out there, but yeah, that's yeah. me. Counselor Sean Fraser. This is, this is quite the honor that you would make your way down here. How did you make your way well, down here? First off, the honor is all mine. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I don't know how I got down here. I was up on the 15th floor of City Hall, and then all of a sudden the lights went out. Somebody threw a bag over my head, and here I was. So oh. I'm here now. I'm yours for an hour. So. I can assure. Well, you know, that's when the time locks open, so <laughs> and everybody can leave. Um, I assure you, that was not us with the sack. I promise. No, it wasn't Dave neither. I hope it might have been HR. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say. Well, I guess that makes you our uh, uh, our improvement vector candidate for the uh, for the meeting. Then um, I guess we should run through the list of questions we've got here. That we seem to, we seem to have. Uh, first off, that's um, a lucky thing. I've heard this rumor. I guess we should. We well, first we should adju- address the elephant in the room. Um, uh, I, I hear you're not running for council again, Mr. Fraser. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah, a big decision, not something I take lightly. But uh, yeah, it turns out I'm not going to put my name in the ring next time. Uh, hard decision, but uh, got a lot of balls in the air right now. I have a full time job on top of council, which can can be a full time job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, my wife and I just had a, a baby a month ago, our third third kid. We have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and now a one-month-old. So, um, yeah, ultimately just looking at uh, the next four years. Obviously, running again doesn't mean you get the job, you know, but uh, just sort of looking at what the next four years are going to look like and really have come to love this job but uh, want to sort of balance my work life with how I can engage with the uh, community through my family. So mm-hmm. I'm going to step aside for a bit. And it's not like you're not going to be engaging with community because you work at the YMCA when you're not city councilling. Yeah, that's right. My day job's at uh, the downtown Y. We handle the federal government's homelessness money. So oh. that program uh, is going going really well, I think. We launched Housing First here a few weeks ago. Yep. And uh, we've recently found out that the feds have some more some more funding for, for Ujana. So um, things are just getting started. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Hmm. We Actually, Blair Forster uh, was one of our first improvement vector candidates. That is true. Yeah. And came to talk to us about uh, housing first. So, oh, great! Yeah, Blair Roberts, I guess. Sorry, yes, Blair. Lots Roberts. of Blairs out there. But yeah, 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 yeah. Blair, Blair, and I work together at the Y. Yeah, awesome, cool. Um, so that project is going really well, then. I think so. Yeah, I mean, homelessness—it's—it's um, uh, it's an uphill battle always, but I think we've seen, you know, with the launch of housing first, we have sort of a, a more system-wide approach to how we're going to 
tackle uh, homelessness in Regina. And um, the root causes of homelessness are, you know, as old as society itself. But uh, I think we're turning the corner here in Regina. You know, I think the idea of ending homelessness in Regina, a, a few short years ago, that was like a, a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. And now I feel uh, like we're on the cusp of it. Cool. Yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah. Oh. Um, so you're saying, though, that it's, you know, you want to focus on, like, the why. You want to focus on your family, and that's that's kind of, like, driving your decision not to run again. It, it wouldn't have anything to do with any of the motions you've brought forward that seem to, um, can I use the word languish on air? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, no, not per se. I think, I'm, yeah. again, as far as the job goes, there's no, no complaints. It's a lot of work, but it's good yeah. work. Like, I don't, it doesn't often feel like work. It feels like um, doing something you love. Um, so, yeah, really no complaints there. Just, uh, again, trying to pick and choose. There's so many hours in a day and sort of pick and yeah. choose how you're going to spend those. So Yeah. Um, well, I did want to talk to you about just a couple of the things that have come up in the last couple of weeks sure thing. that you've brought forward that uh, have uh, faced some obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest one, uh, it was this week, or um, yeah, it was like recently that the Blue Dot Declaration was brought to Executive Committee again. Sure. Uh, and that was your motion um, to, uh, what was the original motion here? It was to, uh, basically, the, the city would endeavor to do whatever it can within its jurisdiction to ensure citizens' right to a healthy environment. And you had listed a bunch of things that the city can do, like, you know, responsibly increase density and um, ensure adequate infrastructure for walking, cycling, transit, things like that. And then also to uh, write a letter of support to the provincial and federal government encouraging them to participate uh, in something similar to like you know protect people's right to a uh, that came that was referred back to administration it came back to executive committee seems it's gone back to administration again am i correct on that yeah that's right so ultimately the blue dot uh, campaign it's it was initiated by the david suzuki foundation which people are probably yeah. many people are familiar with um the ultimate goal of the campaign is to add uh rights to to a clean and healthy environment to the to the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Um, let's keep in mind that the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, uh, uh, you know, already exists. It's, it's a kind of a newish document, we could say. Uh, it was April mm-hmm. 1982 it came to be. So before that, Canada didn't have a Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and since then we have. Um, it definitely plays into our uh, our life as Canadians, you know, how our political system works, how our court system works. Yeah. And uh, this is a move to try to convince the federal government to to add these rights to the uh, to the charter, which are affirmative rights. They, they give more rights to, to individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a small undertaking. I mean, the idea of the charter coming to be in the first place was not a small undertaking. To change the charter, um, uh, it's not just something that happens lightly. You know, you need to... Uh, what if you snuck in at night and just wrote, like, in convincing-looking pen or something? Yeah, I don't know if anyone's yeah. tried that. I don't... It, it wouldn't quite quite work i don't think you know it's it's got to be a, a healthy uh, debate at the federal okay. level because you could do that and just say uh, are you sure these rights are there because look again and they'll be like oh whoops sorry you know sure thing yeah uh, well yeah. <laughs> again it's a significant change there's 137 and counting communities across canada that have signed on to this already to endorse this and that number is growing by the month and uh i, I think potentially regina someday will sign on to it just now it's uh, going to be next council not this council to make that right. decision yeah. Um, it did seem, though, that the motion that you brought forward wasn't, like, it wasn't actually suggesting that council or that council endorse a change to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms so much as let's do everything within our power to clean up our house and um, 
and and then sort of you know be a booster for the larger movement but it wasn't we, we were am i correct in that like you weren't actually like advocating that we change the charter at this point well i think it's signing our city's name onto the list of municipalities right. that endorse that so and, and okay. we should, to be clear yeah. ultimately that's yeah. that's the like end goal of the of the movement right is yeah. to uh to add those um again it's not it's not starting from zero we have a charter rights and freedoms that um you know, gives us a, a lot of ensures well, hopefully ensures a lot of uh, rights and freedoms for us as Canadians. And this would yeah. be, I think, in the context of what the charter is now, this is like an, an important change, not to be under under uh, va- valued, but you know, in the context of the, the breadth of the charter right now, this would be a small change, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but important change. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, and we're we're listening to uh, Councillor Sean Fraser on ninety one point three. CJTR, Regina Community Radio. This is the Queen City Improvement Bureau. That is all correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. I guess, so that was one of the uh, concerns, though, that was raised during the debate on that, was this notion that if if the Blue Dots uh, efforts get enshrined in the Charter, then uh, it would tie the city's hands and uh, we wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, we might be forced to, like, move the rail yards or something like this, uh, or, sorry, move the rail line. Or that we would be forced to do things that uh, we just couldn't afford to do, like unnatural things, um, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> weird things. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think there's a real critique to the idea, actually. I think okay. so. Just to run through some of the challenges with uh, sure. endorsing this, one is that Canada actually has a pretty strong Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It, it means something here, right? Our, our rights. It's not to say we all enjoy them equally, mm-hmm. but especially through a court system, all the time, um, we we have uh, challenges that come to ultimately the Supreme Court of Canada. And it affects how our, our law works and how our democracy works. Um, other other countries have charters of rights and freedoms that are kind of aspirational, we can say. So in South Africa, for instance, um, the right to clean water is part of their their uh, their charter rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean everyone has it. It's what they aspire to. But it doesn't mean like, mm-hmm. oh, if you take something to the court because you don't have clean water, you're going to get it. Because there's a lot of people uh, in South Africa with, without that. You know, So um, some people could argue that this is... Um, this is watering down the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Um, I don't. I don't personally take that view. You know, I think it's actually making it stronger. Th- these are all like aff- affirmative rights. They're, they're rights that, um, like I say, they're affirmative. So they they give people rights. They don't uh, limit people's rights. Same might not be true for corporations, for instance, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But as far as individuals go, these are all things that uh, guarantee us more rights. Right. Yeah. Right. So, are you hopeful that this would um, that this might gain some traction in the future without you there to to um, fight for it? Well, this is there's an election between then and now, so we don't yeah. know for sure. But but I think so. I think there's a lot of people that, um, you know, we need to have the public debate about this because there's again there's an argument for and against. But I think if most people want to sink their teeth into it, I think the argument for it is pretty compelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Another thing that you brought up recently was uh, at the last council meeting it was the living wage motion. Yeah. Um, and that would basically require the city to um, make sure that all of the employees that we employ here uh, directly um, would be getting a living wage, so not just a minimum wage, but enough to like you know survive on. And it would extend to you know contractors like road workers that if we if we contract out some work to a, a road company that they would also be expected to be you know paying their employees fairly um i know that aiden and i down here in the queen city improvement bureau think this is an awesome idea because it's been a long time since we've seen even a paycheck yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I, I don't know actually, if it applies to the sub-basement but, i had some yeah. cash i actually tried to make it a living wage i put it like in a pot with some soil it didn't work no <laughs> no, no. It, man we could have been like growing wages down here 
Oh, I know. Just great. Planting, like, growing dollar bills. Or loonies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's another one that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Can sure. you fix well, that for us, please? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, I was lucky in, uh, I think, in April of this year, I got to uh, go to a conference in Edmonton. It was called... Uh, uh, as Mayor Don Iveson, the, the new mayor or newish mayor of Edmonton, put on uh, uh, Cities Responding to Poverty When Mayors Lead was the title of the, the conference. So looking at what cities can do to help alleviate poverty. One of the speakers there was the mayor of uh, New Westminster, B.C., and they've been a living wage employer since 2011. The, the basic premise is, is pretty simple. You know, it's implemented in different, uh, different places, and the nuance can be different, but the basic pre- premise is pretty simple. For a municipality, if there's public money being spent on wages, so if there's tax money or wherever... Uh, you know, tax or fee money that, that the public brings in and reallocates, if it's being spent on wages, that those wages would be a living wage. And every city, a living wage is calculated differently. So in New Westminster, it's over 20 bucks an hour, actually. So if anybody's paid uh, public money, that could be directly from the city of New Westminster, you get a paycheck, or if you're subcontracted to those basic city services like paving a road, like enforcing parking, that sort of thing, um, you would get a living wage in in Regina. The living wage, the last calculated living wage, was uh, I think it's sixteen forty six. Hmm. So uh, it turns out that a, a lot of people who work for the city do make that, but there's actually surprisingly uh, quite a few people who who don't make that. People might be surprised to hear that, but there's um, seasonal workers who work f- directly for the city who might not make that, and there's also a lot of work that's contracted out. Um, I have the honor and privilege to uh, be able to write for the two community newspapers in the ward. So Village Voice and Heritage Happenings, they let me uh, have a, a column every time it comes out. And for one of those things, it's been on my, my mind a long time, uh, I can't think of a job that I would least like, like to have less than uh, being a parking enforcer. <laughs> it seems like pretty kind of like... Sometimes when you have certain jobs, people maybe take a shot at you or something, but it mm-hmm. seems like probably nobody brings flowers to to a parking enforcer. So I thought, well, it'd be good to do an article about uh, what it's actually like to be a parking enforcer. So talked to parking enforcement, got to go do a walk along for a morning with a parking enforcer. And that was one of the things that came up that we have a really hard time uh, holding on to people who, who start that job. People come and they'll do it for a year or two. But for a lot of people, it's a transitional job, you know, maybe we mm-hmm. hold them for a year or two, but they move on to something else. And ultimately, um, not to say we don't have good people working there now, but as with any job, like you, you pay a wage to attract talent, right? or that's you know part of what it equates to and if we're not paying a living wage we have a hard time uh keeping people and definitely it's a job that you learn to do and the longer you're there um for the most part you get get better at it and uh that was sort of part of the motivation i guess for bringing this forward too is sort of seeing that front line like what it actually means to pay less than a living wage as an employer there's i think an argument that you're a better employer uh for it and also as a city i think there's an argument uh you make a better city by paying people wages that um means they can uh, live, lead a good life, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I'm actually curious about the con about when you're dealing with contractors, though. Sure. How would the, how would the living wage figure into that? Did you run into? Uh, is that an area that might be a little difficult? Again, the nuance is different place to place. Yeah. There's over a hundred uh, hundred places across North America that that have this, and and the detail can change uh, mm-hmm. issue by issue. Um, generally. I feel that if, if it's sort of, if we think of a contractor in a traditional sense, like parking services is contracted out, right. like someone who might pay okay. the road, in my mind, um, actually guaranteeing a wage like that when, when people apply, you could argue it makes kind of a more level playing field because there's some contractors who already pay that wage and it could happen that they don't get a bid because someone else comes in and, oh, we're only going to pay our people 12 bucks an hour or whatever 
and they would get the city contract for paying people less than, than a living wage. So you you could make the argument that uh, you tell everyone you have to pay, again, 1646 or whatever the recalculation would be in Regina year over year, and uh, then you let people bid on it and you give it to people that uh, give it to contractors that are going to pay pay a living wage. And there's also potentially contractors out there that want to pay a living wage for this very same reason I just explained. The city would want to pay a living wage because mm. you attract a talent and it's the right thing to do um, that maybe aren't able to do that because if they do that, their bid will too, get, be too high and they won't be able to get city contracts. Right. So. Yeah. And have you heard any like feedback from the private sector, like their response to this uh, locally? Like any uh, chance that they might, you know, yeah, be supportive Anecdotally, of I think I think there's actually, I think there's lots of people that s- support it. I think, yeah. again, if you, as a headline, it can be divisive. Like there's some people that probably feel like, oh, city city people make too much money anyways. I think that's kind of a common a common misunderstanding. There actually, if I've had one like anecdotal common uh, feedback, piece of feedback, it's, well, are there really people in the city that don't make a living wage? And, and there are actually, that's like the answer. But uh, you mentioned, uh, sorry, your question was about sort of private sector. Um, yeah. There's, I think actually, I think there's lots of employers in Regina that that get it and, and would like to see it. I know, um, you know, I think of uh, not to speak specifics, but uh, I've been spending a lot of time and money at multinational brewery lately. It's just opened up down the street from my house. They're a living wage employer. Yeah, um, a very small mom and pop, actually, literally kind of mom and pop place that they uh, they pay their their frontline staff a living wage, right? Intentionally, you know. So yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, but that's, again, it's going to be a, uh, it'll be an issue for the next council probably. That's right. Yeah. There's a report coming back next for next budget cycle. So, um, to be clear, there's lots of reports that come back for next budget cycle. So this could very easily be, be lost in the shuffle, but I'm hopeful that, uh, our next council, that there'll be, uh, hopefully more than one person that, uh, wants to remember that this is a report that's supposed to come back and and for us to have a, a good, healthy public debate around it again with any public debate there's there's two sides there's a strong argument to be made against paying people living wage too uh i don't i don't think it's <laughs> it sounds like a really cruddy argument <laughs> <laughs> sure but yeah. we, that's the conversation we yeah. need to we need to have so. yeah yeah all right um so do you have any idea so if there is anybody waiting in the wings who's chomping at the bit to run in ward three oh that's October. a great question you know over the last probably six months i think i've been contacted by i think 15 different people 16 different people just tallied up the other day, people who are interested in running, not all in Ward 3, but people okay. who uh, have contacted me to say, oh, what's the job like? What do you what do you think? So, right. yeah, I think it'll. I think there'll be a lot of people running. And, and mo- most of the council that's there now has said, or the article in the paper the other day said that most people have said they've, they're going to put their name in that too. So, um, yeah, it should be a hot one, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Um, well, we're going to have to have you on the show again to talk about... Uh, you know the election when it gets closer. Sure, yeah. But um, right now, what do you think? Does how does he tally? Uh, well, I mean that that whole living wage thing. Yeah. Sounds like a dangerously like left wing crazy idea. But you know, still, if I could just make an argument in favor of it, um, you know, we'll have spinoff benefits for the economy. Like you'll notice that any time we get some money down here, the uh, the the vending machine economy upstairs just goes insane. Right, and uh, they they have to put in new vending machines because. But when you know, people we need get coffee. money, they they get hope and leisure time, and oh, then they get yeah. ideas. Yeah, we don't like want that weird ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I think 
<laughs> I think Sean's like, uh, who are these people? <laughs> uh, nonetheless, you, you do qualify as an improvement vector candidate. Oh, my goodness. And you actually get a proper certificate. Actually, we have to sign said certificate. Wow, thank oh. you, guys. Oh, yeah. Huh. There we go. Well, thank you. I'll put this on my floor. I mean, my wall. <laughs> my wall. Thank you. Floor, wall, ceiling. Well, I hope you can stick around for the second half of the meeting. But yes. uh, next up on the agenda is innovative revenue tools. Ooh. And I have one. That's That, I believe, is the point in our meeting where we look at ways for the city to improve its bottom line. Yeah. Yes. That's the, that's the point in the meeting. Yeah. And th so last week we were talking about the, the, uh, the bypass, the Regina bypass. And it occurred to me that uh, we, don't, we don't even know at this point, actually, uh, how much exactly the city is going to be spending to support the construction of the, uh, the Regina bypass and the maintenance of it. It's a, a P3 that's being run by the province. All we do know is that the city is going to be, you know, supporting this construction. And it occurred to me, why exactly do we want people to be bypassing our city? Um, all of those people who bypass the city are not coming into the city. This is a good point. And spending their money in our city. So all those, you know, those people who are, like, driving through and they're, they're big rigs and their convoys listening to their um, their convoy CB music, uh, they will just, they'll just, you know, stop at, you know, a roadside diner uh, and, you know, chat with Flo in the rural municipality, and we will see none of those, those, those that, diner that bucks. That is correct. As the, and then they'll drive off listening to Mannheim Steamroller, as, as truckers do. As yes. they do, yeah. So I was thinking, if we're putting in all of this money to build something that is basically going to be shunting people away from our city, we need to find a way to recover that cash. So... I think there's only one way to to solve that problem, and that's uh, make the bypass a toll road. Hey, there you go. Yep. They'll love that. <laughs> they will love that idea of stairs, and they're going to love that on the bypass. Oh, yeah, because there's, there's one thing that people enjoy. It's paying to drive on a highway. Yep. yep. But, you know, if you know if you don't want to save your – you can save your money and not drive on the fancy, clean bypass and get around the city by just driving through the city and you're spending your bucks here. Well, it's funny because I saw the movie uh, recently, Catch Me If You Can. Mm -hmm. um, the movie about the was starring uh, Leo DiCaprio about a forger who was arrested by the FBI, but then became uh, an anti-forgery expert. Okay. So, so what if what if we got you know bank robbers and highway robbers, and we just put them on the bypass to like steal from people? Oh, well, that, <laughs> that is a great idea. See? So yes. they could hitchhike. And steal the toll for us. Yeah, because exactly, nobody likes a toll road. No. So this would, like, really get around that issue. What if we hired trolls? Ooh. And, and they could just stand under, you know, like an overpass. Under the bridge, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they could just, like, you know, come out and, like, demand money. <laughs> make, trip make, trap, trip make, trap. Make Who people, is that stomping on my that's bridge? That's right. Make yeah. people answer, like, strange questions, three yeah. or stuff like that. I This this is even better. Okay, yes. well, if this insane idea doesn't, doesn't work out... <laughs> Fortunately, we have a few more. Hey, this is Dan Shire with Queen City Pride, and you're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. All right. Well, that is it for this week's Innovative Revenue Tools, and uh, I guess we have to carry on with the agenda. Aiden had to, like, step out to... Um, 
take care of Aiden business. Uh, you're okay sticking around here, Sean? Yeah, sure thing. Yep. Right on. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just mention that uh, this week I was able to sneak out of the sub-basement uh, through my... Uh, through the uh, secret vent exit, and uh, I brought along my recording equipment, and I was able to get to a few events this week. Um, first thing that I went to, I went to the Pride Week to the flag raising on Monday morning. Uh, it was a great windy day, which was perfect for raising a flag, terrible day for recording audio, so I didn't get any of that. But I did make it out to the National Aboriginal Day uh, celebrations at the, um, at the uh, City Square Plaza. Uh, didn't make it out to the one in North Central that uh, the Circle Project was putting on, which they were talking about here last week. But I uh, recorded some audio. So what I've got here is um, the grand entrance from the Nat- uh, National Aboriginal Day on the plaza and the mayor's address from that event. My name is Rob Allen. This is the uh, third year that I've been uh, the co-MC of the National Aboriginal Day uh, put on by your city of Regina. Uh, When I started with the city 24 years ago, there was no National Aboriginal Day. And I'm not exactly sure how long the city's been uh, celebrating this. I think it's about the seventh year the city's been celebrating National Aboriginal Day. And I just want to say thank you to the city for being able to take part in this, to be able to lead and organize this. And with that, I'd like to take a minute and have uh, our mayor, uh, Michael Forger, come up, please. Thank you, Rob. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thank you for being here. What a fantastic crowd. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I want to acknowledge, uh, we have two members of council here. I'm sure they're here, Councilor Young and Councilor Frazier. They're in the audience uh, walking around. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for being here. It's a beautiful day to honor the heritage and contributions our First Nations people have made, not just in Regina, but right across the country. As an employer for the city of Regina, a major employer, uh, we have done all that we can. We'll do more with respect to inclusion and employment opportunities for those who work in the city. Our our Aboriginal city employers, a group that had put this on, I think we should give them a great round of applause for organizing a wonderful day today. How about a great round of applause? 
We know we're working hard with the city of Regina to, uh, to work with uh, a more inclusionary workplace, a workplace that actually reflects the citizens of our city. It's very important that we do this. We're also working as a city to respond to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report. There are several recommendations that affect municipalities, and we are working very hard to make sure that we meet those. One of them, of course, is the inclusion of the, um, the commemorating of the Indian Industrial School Cemetery to commemorate that. That's a very important goal for us as well. We also want to emphasize Indigenous art and culture in our new cultural plan. So today, it's about celebrating what brings us together. It's about celebrating our culture and the outstanding achievements First Nations, the Aboriginal people of Métis have had and will have on our city and our province. So a great round of applause for our First Nations participation in our city. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the festivities. Thank you very much. So that was uh, my adventure in the outside world this week. I went to National Aboriginal Day and to uh, some Pride Week stuff. Very nice. Got out by the vent. I did. By the vent once again. Wow. Um, Okay, so next up on the agenda, we have outstanding improvements. And I don't know if you knew this, but we've been following the Laneway Suite pilot project pretty closely here. And there was a development this week. Do tell. On June 22nd at City Hall, they unveiled six properties that will be the city's first legal laneway suites. Well, this turns my blood to ice, personally, because you know how I feel. About I know how you feel about that. But, uh, Sean, where where do you stand on the uh, the great laneway suite debate? Like, How do you feel? Like, Do you think these are a good um, addition to the city? Oh, I think that these will be really nice, actually. I yeah. think there's some process that has to be gone through. So last year, the city hired a consultant to help us walk through that process. There was, a, a, I think, a pretty significant public engagement last summer. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of open houses and that sort of thing. Had a chance to attend some of those and lots of people out. Um, some of them really excited about it. Uh, um, not many people really against them, per se, but some people there to, to learn more. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going about it the right way. We're going to have six pilot projects, as you mentioned. I've had a chance to see the blueprints for all six, and they're uh, they're all different and nice, I would say, you know? Yeah. So, um, I think in general, yeah, laneway suites can be, if they're done well, are really, really great. If they're done poorly, um, that's when people hate them. You know, if, if mm-hmm. the, if the legislation, if the legislature rushed through and all of a sudden everybody builds a big sugar cube in their backyard, uh, of course people don't like that because it can, it <laughs> who can wouldn't be... want a sugar cube in the backyard? Yeah, but if it's done with taste, I think it's a good way to, uh, to get more people living in our neighborhoods. Um, a stat that keeps coming back to me all the time is the fact that uh, in the last 40 years, uh, Cathedral, one of our great downtown neighborhoods, has actually lost about 35% of its population. In the early 70s, there's around 10,000 people living in Cathedral, and now there's uh, a little over 7,000 people. So, sorry, around thir- around 30% of, of hmm. its population. Um, most of that is due to a declining household population. You know that uh, in the early 70s, we had an average of three people per household, and today oh. we have about two people per household, just under, just over two, depending on the neighborhood. Yeah. So uh, laneway suites are a great way to uh, get more people living in a neighborhood again. Okay, but clearly then you have not been apprised of the the truth about the the, 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 the laneway origins. Suites. Yeah, the origins yeah. of laneway suites, which I originally liked because I thought they were Janeway suites uh, they're after Kate Mulgrew's hair from Star Trek Voyager. But they're not. They're not. Well, I, I thought that for years because like that great sweep of hair, then the bun you could. It's clearly room out. for like a kitchenette, maybe some a small bedsit. Yeah, <laughs> but but I was wrong. I was oh. so wrong. Oh no, 
Yes. Do we need some music for this? Let's get some terrifying music to go okay. with this. Laneway Suites, as, uh, as most people don't know, have their origins in uh, druidic human sacrifice. Uh, around every summer solstice, the druids would lure a sacrificial victim, one that they called the counselor, into a small set of rooms over their stables. They called them laneway suites, and slaughter him on an altar with a stone knife. Terrifying. Uh, but first, they would get the counselor's opinion on a variety of topics going on in the municipality. Only by securing his opinion could the druids guarantee a safe revitalization initiative and a successful stadium in the new year. All of this, by the way, it's taken from druidlife.org, so it's, you know, it's true. And I'm going to quote directly from druidlife, that's L-Y-F-E, in case you look it up. Quote, in a particularly cruel twist, the druids, of which there were usually two, would actually describe the victim's fate to him in advance, cleverly hiding the fact that the person they were explaining the process to would, in fact, shortly be subject to a drawn-out demise by the druids' enchanted stone knives, which they would actually forget to bring to the meeting. But maybe if the druids had been better prepared, they would have put the stone knives in their ritual satchels the night before and not left them on the dining room table. And the same goes for the enchanted herbs and poultices, which are just literally sitting there with a note saying, don't forget these for the meeting so you can ritually sacrifice Sean. <laughs> so I guess the new stadium will have to take its chances without the blessings of the gods. End quote. Which I thought weirdly relevant quote from the web yeah. and anyway that's why I don't like laneway sweets because as you know I've always been against human sacrifice y you've said that so often yeah I know it's, at it's, so many of our in camera sessions exactly <laughs> well it's better to burn out than to fade away I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. alright well I guess that's the end of laneway sweets <laughs> <laughs> um all right, well, how about we move on from them? <laughs> okay. <laughs> if anybody has any uh, issues, of course, they can always take up the language. <laughs> but don't try to call your counselor if you're in Ward 3. Um, okay, what else? Um, oh, you know where else? You know what else we should mention? We are on uh, 91.3 CJTR Regina Community Radio. That is true. And it's, it's on the FM band. It is. It is. Yes. It is. Uh, and uh, we are the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And we have uh, Sean Fraser. We do. Yeah. We do. Counselor yes. Sean Counselor Fraser. Counselor Sean Fraser. Soon to be ex-Sean. Yeah. Counselor <laughs> Sean Fraser. But, but it will not be ritually sacrificed. still be sacrificed. Sean Fraser. Ex-Counselor. Yeah. Still <laughs> Sean Fraser. Now, I hear when you actually you leave City Council, you have to change your name. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. The whole deal. Yeah. Phone yeah. number, maybe. but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All so, right. So what else do we have? We, we have... have um, we uh, there was something else today. There was a uh, there was a meeting at the library. Last it was two two episodes ago, two meetings ago. We did a tour of the uh, the downtown bicycle lanes. That's uh, right. Specifically, there was the northbound one on Lorne Street that we did a little bike ride up and spoke to some people on on that uh, bike route, and um, just. This, this was just coincidentally. The city is now planning to expand our downtown bicycle lane infrastructure network. What, like by entire whole half blocks, full blocks? What are we thinking? Yeah, well, as you know, the um, the current Lawrence Street uh, bicycle lane runs from College to just south of Victoria, so mm -hmm. four blocks. 
Yes. And the proposal is to extend it from Victoria to 12th, which is another whole block. Uh, okay. That represents, it sounds small, but that represents a 25% expansion of our northbound bicycle lane infrastructure downtown. How about that? That's pretty good. Yeah? I like that. 25% sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, I am at this meeting. I, I snuck out through the vent again, and I managed to speak to um, to Jeff Brown. He's the manager of infrastructure planning of the infrastructure planning branch at the city of Regina. He didn't recognize me. What? I know. You're, I was a secret. I was his secret Santa two years ago, and he totally forgot. Oh, man. But uh, anyways, I've I've got some audio of us uh, speaking to uh, Jeff Brown. Sure. Uh, Jeff Brown. I'm, I'm the manager of the infrastructure planning branch at the city of Regina. Did you bike here? Did I bike here? No. I actually, I did I did ride share here today, though. Uh, my job kind of uh, requires me to be have a car available to zip out to different meetings. So, unfortunately, biking, I try. I, if I can, I will. Uh, but uh, it's not always a, an option for me in my, my role at the city. Okay. Uh, so, we're, we're looking at, like, an extension of one block north to Lawrence Street Bikeway. That's correct. Uh, um, seems an awfully modest uh, incremental change. Uh, that's all we can expect in your future. Uh, fair, fair question. Uh, it, it is just a, a single block to the north of the existing bike lane uh, on Lawrence Street. Um, I guess uh, my answer to that is, you know, in terms of. Uh, uh, what our expectations are within the transportation master plan. We've identified another 39 kilometers of both on-street and multi-use pathways projects that we have identified as kind of priority locations within the city. So that really would be our first uh, attention and focus uh, on terms of improving uh, the cycling network uh, and multi-use pathway system uh, for all types of uh, modes, uh, um, you know, active modes, I guess, within the city. Um, and, and, and on top of that, I mean, there's kind of of a, uh, a broader, uh, even more comprehensive cycling network actually outlined in the city's transportation master plan that even goes beyond that 39 kilometers. Um, so why would you extend uh, the Warren Street northbound, but not the Smith Street southbound? It kind of like leaves you in a dead end on cycling infrastructure. Um, understandable. Uh, in terms of this particular project, the the specific ask in terms of budget was actually just to do the focus on the Lawrence Street uh, uh, extension right now. So really, this is just our, our focus with um, for 2016. Uh, that's not to say that you know with uh, if there's availability of funds that Smith Street might not be the next piece. Uh, certainly. Um, Smith Street being right beside City Hall, we see a lot of active users of uh, cyclists using Smith Street again to hit the uh, existing uh, Smith Street uh, cycling lane going southbound. So uh, that's something that we'll have to look at and see whether or not that's a higher priority or should we actually focus on a different priority next. So, okay. um, I think for a lot of people, they see a bike extension like this that's uh, just basically a painted bike lane. Like, how expensive can a painted bike lane actually be? So how, how much does something like this cost? Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually we don't actually expect to spend a lot. Um, it's it's only it is in the range of about ten thousand dollars. We figure it's both for paints. Uh, you know, obviously. 
the the time and uh, using city resources just to actually do the changes. So it's both people time, the paint, and and potentially some uh, repairs just to make sure it's a good surface for uh, cyclists to use as well too. So. Was there any thought given to beyond just like painting a line to mark out a bike lane to doing an actual like green bike lane? We've seen those go up in uh, Saskatoon, um, where like the entire bike lane itself is painted like a single color to sort of more you know obviously mark it off as bike Um Not something we've looked at specifically yet, uh, and, and it wasn't really something we specifically looked at Lawrence Street because really we were just looking at the extension of the existing Lawrence Street uh, bike lane. But that's not to say that with some of those um, segregated bike lane projects. We do have some of those types of projects identified in our transportation master plan. Uh, you know, when we go to look at them and undertake the design work, we'll look at whether or not that makes sense for those particular, uh, uh, you know, those particular projects in future years for sure. So. So that was Jeff Brown, manager of infrastructure planning branch at uh, the city of Regina. Jeff Downtown Brown. Jeff Downtown Brown. I, yeah. Mention that to him the next time I see him. Hey, Jeff Downtown Brown. Um, so after speaking to Jeff, I went around and I spoke to some of the people there. I, you may have noticed it sounded like it was a very, very busy event. Uh, it wasn't really, um, especially when it turned out that most of the people who were at this event were actually just there to read magazines at the library or uh, actually worked at the city and were there to facilitate the event. The actual like people who showed up to you know check out the panels and provide feedback was pretty small. Well, I imagine when people saw you, they probably crowded up because they recognized you. No, actually, oh. uh, most of the people I went to and asked if they would, uh, you know, consent to an interview told me to get away, you weirdo. Oh, okay. So um, I only managed to get two. Um, the first <laughs> interview is with, his name is Ron, and he goes by at that Ronald guy on uh, Twitter. And if you stay up past, like, midnight and pay any attention to uh, the Regina Twitterverse, uh, Ron is a character. And he mm. happened to be at this. And uh, the second person is Luke Nichols from Bike Regina. So oh, I'll yes. got some comment from both of them. Uh, so, Ron, what do you think about the uh, bike lane plan here? Well, it's always good to see more access for cyclists, for sure. If it's there's a definite spot, and uh, it's always, um, I think, a little confusing at the moment because it's just white lines on the road. It's not really dedicated like a bright color, like an orange or a green or something that'll stick out but that's not so bad and it's to start it's a starting point anyways and um, it's not very long you know it's only one street why not keep going to like Dudney Avenue I suppose like just this sort of plan of things going in spurts as opposed to doing it all at once and going okay look we got a plan for bicycles and we're doing it and it gets noticed more, I guess, in that regard. Like today is a small event. It's only for a 150-yard, more or less, stripe line. And uh, I guess people know what's there, but how well it's marked out, I guess. And But, it's, you know, it's just to uh, have the... Um, make the drivers known that, you know, cyclists are coming down this road anyways. It is popular for the library, which is great, and the park itself. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, all I can really say about it at the moment, yeah. Did you bike here? I did too, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do the bicycle and bus. Yeah, Luke Nichols, and I'm from Bach, Regina. 
Uh, okay, so what do you? What's the bike vagina position on the uh, bike lane extension? Um, it's very short. <laughs> uh, we would prefer it to actually go to 11th at least. I know for future they're intending it to go to SAS Drive, and obviously uh, when you get to SAS Drive, it's a bit of a battle. Um, but to go to 11th would actually give cyclists an option on going either more into downtown or then turning to go to Albert or something like that because you obviously you can't go down 12th um, to get to Albert. So, yeah, it's not long enough for us. Well, and also it only goes one way, so you kind of go downtown and you can't get back out. Yes, exactly. Um, so that is also another limitation. Hopefully they're also considering the Smith Street extension as well um, to kind of link everything up again. Um, what about the style of bike lane that they've proposed? It's, it sounds like it's just going to be a line with some more uh, bicycle pictures painted on it. What would uh, Bike Regina prefer to see? Um, well, the way they've got it at the moment is angle parking, traffic lane, then bikes, then a parked car. Um, we'd prefer that the parked car and the cycle lane were flipped, essentially, oh. so that you had a physical separation between the travel lanes. Um, we feel that that is a lot safer. Uh, if a car does go out of control, somebody loses control of their car, they're parking into a parked car first before possibly killing cyclists or people on bikes. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, though, this is just uh, for 2017. Uh, does this leave you hopeful, or would you like to have seen more this year? Uh, well, I guess 2016. Yeah, 2016. Um, what we've got possibly 500 meters of bike lane uh, this is the first extension since the original lanes went in so hopeful for more next year hopefully this is just getting their toes wet and then next year they're actually going to roll out a fair few more kilometers but that's yet to be seen uh did you bike here no i walked because <laughs> i uh, work like a block and a half away do you bike to work yes i do I don't do it all year round because I live close enough to walk in the winter. So that was uh, Ronald, that Ronald guy, and Luke Nichols from Bike Regina commenting on the uh, bike lane extension. Fantastic. Sean, what's your hot take? Well, there's nothing with baby steps. We just have to keep taking baby steps. One small baby step every few years isn't enough. But yeah. I, I think this is like we need to see this as a positive thing. As someone who uses that bike lane, I think actually getting to 12th is, is actually a big positive step forward. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, we need to keep moving that direction so the city has a, a, a lot of plans one of them is the transportation master plan and i think the the bike plan uh, the transportation master plan is, is excellent actually as a as a biker i well with kids you gotta drive all over the place but for the most part i try to try to bike on a daily basis and um yeah the plan that's in there i think would make it a lot easier for a lot more people who want to bike to be able to bike safely we just need to get there but we can't i mean a baby step is still a step we just need to keep taking taking those steps yeah mm. yeah yeah did you bike down here to the basement uh again i had a something thrown over my head That's and i true. was transported down here so, you, so you, may have, no, on, you may have been transported on a bike you just yeah know. but yeah. i'm on four wheels tonight yeah. <laughs> yeah. um uh just a couple of wrap-up things on this uh they don't need council approval for this at this point they've already got the money so uh, they just wanted to do a consultation, let people know that this is happening, and hope, uh, at the end of this, they uh, they said they were going to be just letting the uh, the paint crews know that they can uh, get this work done, and uh, so hopefully we'll see this done by the end of the uh, summer. Um, I was thinking, like at ten thousand dollars to paint, you know, a bicycle lane onto a block, couldn't we do like an, an adopt a block thing, 
where, you know, we raise, like, we could kickstart a bicycle, bicycle infrastructure where we just, like, raise, you know, $10,000 here and there and uh, roll it out like that. This sounds awfully sensible for the Queen City Improvement Bureau, <laughs> I have to say. Well, it's, you know, it's late in the meeting and That's I'm getting kind of punchy. Punch, punchy and punchy and sensible. Yeah. <laughs> and using the brains, yes. Anyways, that's it on the agenda. Apart from it's Household Hazardous Waste Day on June 25th. Oh, um, that's so bring like, your household waste. That's like one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah, you bring it to uh, the Public Works Yard, 2425 4th Avenue, from 9 to 3.45 p.m. And uh, I don't know, I was going to try and have like a jingle. Household Hazardous Waste <laughs> Day. But did, that's about as far as I got. We just call it Toxic Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, the next one, the next Toxic Christmas is October 1st, and we will have to have a carol for that. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Um, okay, I think we should uh, move on to the adjournment portion of the evening. Right. And uh, also, let's not forget that the City Hall Fan Fiction Contest is still ongoing. Yep, that go is our, true. If you go to our website, queencityib.com, you will find information on how to enter the Fan Fiction City Hall Contest along with uh, characters that you can use for, for the contest. If you win, and you will, because nobody is submitting, uh, you can read your fan fiction on the air. No real names. Mm, I would say no slash, but what the heck. Yeah. Yeah. What the heck. What the heck, slash fiction. Yeah, so yeah, make sure that, pe- uh, that you enter that. And uh, yeah, I'll be curious to know who people are shipping on yes, council. Exactly. Yep. All right. So, do we make a motion to adjourn? I think is we should it, make it. it I'll make the motion to adjourn. I'll, I'll second. second. <laughs> oh my God! A guest second. Do we have quorum? I think we I might have quorum must. for the first time ever. Fantastic. All right. Motion is carried. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on ninety-one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Thanks very much to Sean Fraser for being our guest tonight and being a very good sport. Also, thanks as always to Ryan Hill, aka Guidewire, for supplying our banging theme music. Uh, after this comes a nerdcore cabaret, followed by is it centric electric? Is that still no the cockpit? And then reeling in the years. Find us at uh, cgtr.ca or on our website, queencityib.com, and, of course, on Twitter at queencityib. All right, that's it. Keep on improving, China.